Hi there, listener, and welcome to the third in our series of special equipment podcasts. Uh, we started off in episode number one covering the best skis of winter 2024, and number two was the best ski boots, and today we're going to be looking at the best ski jackets. I am joined by Al Morgan, the equipment uh, correspondent for Fall Line and Telegraph Ski. Hi, Al. How are you? Ian, I'm great, thank you. Well, uh, a lot of people are already out in the Alps, but I know that most people probably still haven't had their trip yet, so this will still be very useful to them. Before I go on, I'd like to put a shout out for Ellis Brigham. Uh, This special episode of the Ski Podcast has been made possible by them. Ellis Brigham are the winter sports specialists with 16 shops around the UK. We can find all the kit you need for this winter. Alternatively, you can just go to their website and buy online now. And I mentioned that Al is an equipment uh, expert. One question I wanted to uh, ask you before we go on to look at the different uh, best options for jackets and some of the terminology around it is how have you got about testing these jackets? Because I can see, I know you go on the ski test and you can put on different skis and you ski down different slopes and try the different boots. How does it work with the jackets? Well, there's quite a few clothing brands are out at the ski test as well. So I get to ski in this in this gear then. And then I work with the various manufacturers, brands and retailers to test product throughout the season. I even do it throughout the summer. I've got, I know this on, on a podcast you Listeners can't really see, but there's probably 20 or 30 jackets behind me right now. So I'm continually playing with these products and seeing what their strengths are, what their weaknesses, so I can advise people on what's the best product for them. And I can vouch for our listener that he's got a whole bottle of jackets uh, behind him there. What about the the women's uh, jackets? How have you developed your thoughts about those? Well, testing, especially if we look at four line, there's a whole group of us testing, testing, males and females so i get to ski with women who are using this product and we all talk about how they perform what the feedback is like and actually i get to ski in some of the women's clothing as well and some of my favorite products if we look at skis for example some of my favorite skis throughout history have been women's specific skis Hmm. so i do have to try some very small clothing some very small ski boots on and see how they perform as well that that's kind of interesting now what we've been doing in these uh, episodes is uh, we've been starting off by looking at a little bit of the uh, jargon uh, around the uh, different items you know i know there's a lot in the world of uh, jackets shall we start off with waterproofing what what does if a jacket is claiming to be waterproof what does that really mean yeah i love this subject and what there is essentially no technical jacket that is waterproof. You know, if you think of a pair of Marigold washing up gloves or Wellington boots, they're waterproof, but they are not breathable. So if you go skiing for eight hours and that, there's going to be so much moisture build up on the inside, it'd be really uncomfortable. So really, we're talking about water resistance. This is how the jacket protects you from rain coming in so there's various ways they can do this they can coat the fabric they have different technical membranes um but also when we're exercising we produce moisture you know we get hot we get clammy we sweat and that has to be allowed to escape so breathability is super important as well so there's two ways water coming in and then moisture vapor getting away from our body and the jacket has to allow both passages. And I think most people now, you know, with modern jackets understand about uh, breathability. Obviously, you've got elements like zips, you know, and like my ski jacket, uh, you know, has zips under the arms as well. So I can get extra ventilation in there as well as kind of undo it on the front. But we're talking about the material here. These days, modern materials allow breathability, right? Absolutely. So 
water water itself water droplets are relatively large water vapor is really small so if you can create a garment that has the right size holes in it the water from the outside doesn't really get through and the moisture from the inside can get pushed out by that concentration gradient um and actually in in a lot of the modern technology so most people will probably heard of Gore-Tex that's probably the most famous waterproof membrane but that's not the only one that exists. There's loads of others, Drymax, Sympatex, and then brands have developed their own. In recent years, the North Face developed Futurelight, but this has excellent breathability. So we've seen massive inroads made in how a garment can perform when you're exercising. Okay. And then we talked about, you know, waterproofing versus being water resistant. But if you're looking at different um, jackets, then a way of assessing how much investment, you know, what kind of technology they have comes down to taping as well. Taping is an important part of it, right? Absolutely. So a jacket is not just one piece of fabric. You know, the arms are different shapes all through the shoulders. And these panels have to be sewn together. Every time the needle goes through the fabric, it creates a hole, quite a big hole that water can get through. So to stop the rain and moisture getting from the outside to the inside, they tape the back of the seam. So this is also called seam sealing. And you may just have tape on the back of the seams on the shoulder or down the arms. And that's known as critically sealed or crit crit critically taped or you may have all seams taped so that's fully seam sealed or fully taped and that tends to be the upper end in terms of price and performance whereas critically taped may just be a lower price point or if you've got something like a really warm down jacket with lots of seams if you put lots of tape in there because it's not breathable really limit the performance of the jacket so that may not be fully taped okay excellent so that's something else to uh, look out for something else that often crops up in the description of jackets is when they talk about them being either three layer or two layer do you want to try and explain you know what that means because we're not talking about like wearing something on the outside and then wearing a fleece like underneath and it's arm. one of those terms that is not very intuitive to understand so you would look at a jacket and think okay well so let's think of a normal raincoat yeah it's one what feels like one layer of fabric and often people will call this a shell but actually what's going on there is there's a tough outside to protect the waterproof membrane that's bonded to it because waterproof membranes are delicate and then on the inside to protect the waterproof membrane on the other side is another layer stuck to it so there are three layers stuck together and you get the same construction in ski jackets so a technical skiing shell you might use it for free ride skiing or ski touring that is three layer and then if there are only two layers bonded together so the waterproof membrane and a an outside protective membrane that's called two layer so most insulated ski jackets where they have some sort of wadding whether it's synthetic natural they are two layer construction because there's only two layers bonded the waterproof membrane and the protective outer face fabric three layers the thinnest two layers when you've got anything else on the inside so you mentioned shell then because another term that crops up quite often is hard shell and soft shell is it possible to kind of explain that you know what we're talking about there yes in cycling, in running, uh, and in mountain climbing, soft shells are quite commonplace because you may be exerting yourself, but it's not raining. So you, you need protection from wind and things. When it comes to skiing, most ski jackets are hard shells. And what a hard shell means, it will protect you from the harshest weather that you can get. So it'll protect you from rain, wind, snow. A soft shell won't necessarily protect you from the rain, but make it the other elements at bay. But in skiing, most outerwear pieces are what we would 
class as hard shells. And then you're going to combine those with different layers for your for your insulation and for your warmth as well. Yes, especially if, so if you've just got that shell jacket, what we called three layer a moment ago, if you want any warmth, you have to build insulation under that. So you may put a fleece under it, or some people will use a hoodie. I'd rather go with a technical clothing like a fleece or an insulated mid-layer, and then you have a base layer on the bottom just to get the moisture away from your skin. Typically, my example would be, yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got a base layer. Um, I wear a, um, a fleece, like a Patagonia fleece, and then I've got my uh, you know, hard shell jacket on top of that. Yeah, the easiest way is to think of a shell jacket has no insulation or very little insulation at all. So if the inner fabric is, let's say, merino wool, that will give a bit of warmth. But really, it's to keep the rain out and you put other layers in for warmth. And then also when we talk about uh, jackets, you know, there are a number of features as well. Now, there are all sorts of features that uh, jackets can have, but I think there were two in particular that you wanted to talk about. And one of them was like powder skirts and the other was reco. What, what are those two? Yeah, things? most things on a jacket, you know, a helmet compatible hood or, or a wrist gaiter or a lift pass pocket, they kind of explain themselves. A powder skirt is inside the jacket. It's elasticated and you do it up around your tummy. Now, it is called a powder skirt. The original intention was that this is to stop soft snow coming up from the inside your jacket from below. But really, if you're going to be skiing that kind of soft powder snow, you're going to be off-piste. If you're off-piste, you should have an avalanche transceiver, a shovel, and a probe. So you'll be wearing a backpack to carry the shovel and probe. Backpacks have waist straps. They cinch the jacket around your waist. So you don't need that powder skirt. What they are brilliant at is keeping warmth in, stopping any wind blowing up from underneath. So I just think the name powder skate is a bit of a misnomer. And actually, a lot of professional skiers that I know remove the powder skate if they can, because it just adds bulk. It's more to fasten up and undo every time you take your jacket on and off. They are comfy. They keep things warm. But really, they aren't for powder. Okay. That is really interesting. What what about the reco? They're they're on pretty much like every jacket these days, are they? Yeah, you get reco on on many jackets, especially higher price point jackets, and on jackets when you're going to be skiing away from the groomed terrain. You get them in helmets, all sorts of different bits on on pants as well. It's a passive unit, so it's a little reflector. It's called a reco reflector, and it's just sewn or bonded into the jacket somewhere. It's very soft, feels like a, a little patch of rubber. It is not a replacement for a transceiver. If you're going to be skiing off piece, the best people to help anybody caught in an avalanche are the other skiers with them, because you've got a very short, typically a 15-minute window we look at. The reco helps rescue teams find you if they are called in. So they can have a unit, they could fly over the, the area in a helicopter and they, from then they could help locate you. And it also helps to find people who may have gone missing. Disappear in some words, the rescue un teams can use their RECO unit to find these passive devices in your clothing. But they are not a replacement for a transceiver. Okay, and in our other episodes, you know, about skis and about ski boots, we talked about sustainability because that seems to be a feature of everything these days. What, what are the big changes and trends in terms of sustainability and how jackets are made? This is a huge topic and it's not really something new in clothing. The first example that I talk about in sustainability is when you buy a new coat, it rains, the water beads up on the jacket and runs off. That's something called a DWR, a durable water repellent treatment or coating. That wears out. You, there's, there's ways you can reproof that. But that has classically been made using perfluorinated compounds known as PFCs. And there's a whole family that fits within this broad umbrella. 
The problem with PFCs is, well, the, the benefit of PFCs is that they're very durable. They work amazingly well. The issue is that when they accumulate in the environment and they can persist for quite a long time, they can be toxic for animals and on high levels, they can be toxic for humans. At lower levels, we don't fully understand you know, how detrimental they can be, but they, they aren't a good thing. So clothing brands have been moving away from using PFCs in this DWR treatment, but actually the waterproof membrane in clothing can also include perfluorinated compounds. People will heard of Patagonia. Patagonia have done lots in terms of sustainability and environmental movement for clothing. They've worked with Gore-Tex in recent years to develop new membranes that move away from the use of PFCs. So in 2022, they 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 launched some Gore clothing with it with the new membrane in and then for this season we're actually seeing more brands use that which is absolutely brilliant there's proposed legislation changes in the eu and in california and other countries are coming on board to ban pfcs by 2025 so we will see a lot a lot of changes here is that proposed or is that definitely happening at the minute, it's only proposed. I haven't heard for certain if it is is happening, but it looks exceptionally likely. And to show how significant this change is, Gore is a massive multinational corporation. They are changing their operations to satisfy the proposed legislation that's going to come in. Within the space of technical outdoor clothing, everybody is taking this very seriously and we're making big changes on that side of things. Okay, and like um, you know, in in relation to skis and to a certain extent the uh, boots as well, we're seeing more recycled materials being used in the construction of jackets. Yeah, which is brilliant. So we use the term face fabric for this outer protective layer. So we're seeing fully recycled materials, one hundred percent recycled materials on the outside. We're seeing re- recycled materials on the inside of jackets as well, but also the insulation. So there are some big names in insulation, the likes of primal off the likes of thin slip and then brands have their own versions of these as well if we look at primal off for example then they have different levels and within these they can have eco versions where they have a proportion of recycled materials there's one called ocean bound and that's where they take materials from coastal locations and that's how they get the recycled materials for for that so it's really really good one of the jackets that we will talk about not not, not to give a spoiler uh, is completely yeah. recycled it's fantastic and it's also mono material so it's made from one kind of material not made from say polyester and nylon one kind of material to make it easier to repurpose and or recycle at the end of its life. So it's exciting to see these changes happening with technical clothing. Okay, well, we will find out what that one is going to be. I mean, something that we've referred to before is that the most sustainable item in your wardrobe is the one that you already own. There's a lot of elements in in looking after jackets as well in terms of how you can go about that and advice for that and and you know increasing that the life of the jackets yeah and i think this last point is is really valid so you know people wash their daily clothing it's a normal thing but how do you wash technical clothing so do you just put it in the washing machine with a normal detergent well no absolutely not because that can cause issues in blocking the pores in the jacket and you're really limiting the performance that breathability of it never mind just the waterproofing Also, the outer durable water repellent coating wears off. So you will see under rucksack straps or or on on shoulders and elbows that the water doesn't bead off. Maybe the water soaks into that a bit more. That's because that DWR treatment has just worn out. So 
to make sure that your garments perform as they should when you bought them and to make sure they last longer, use a proper cleaner and a proper reproofer. I use Nikwax. I don't have any affiliation with them. It's a British company. But since their inception decades ago, they've always looked after the environment. It, it, it's amazing. They don't use PFCs. They haven't. And they make cleaning products for base layers, for merino wool, you know, as well as tents and footwear and all that. But for your technical clothing, your ski jacket, they do a specialist wash and you get reproofers. And once you reproof it, it's amazing. You just wash the water, hit the jacket, beads up, runs off like it was brand new. And you ensure that it keeps the breathability that it should have and you're not damaging the product in any way. Oh, well, that, that is uh, definitely really interesting. And I'll put a link to that in show notes. But let, let's say, you know, your jacket has come to the end of its life or or maybe you've got like, you know, a younger member of your family, as I have a, uh, a teenage son who's grown quite a few sizes since the last time uh, we went. So we need to get, you know, something, assuming we can't borrow something. We've picked out, or I've asked you to pick out, you know, your five best buys for this winter, covering different ranges, different areas of the market. So where do you want to start with that there now? There are so many amazing jackets out there but I've, I've, I've narrowed it down to five so we're covering some pieces that have warmth insulation in it from real high high price point down to you know coming in at a much more affordable price but i want to hit fit in things that hit different consumers different price points and different constructions so the first okay. one there is a, a company called spider that may, people may be aware of now sometimes people think of spider as making kind of jackets for older skiers but they have a whole youth line. So the jacket that I want to talk about is the Vanquish Gore-Tex. And it brings in a blend of this insulation and features with a kind of younger look. And it feels as though it suits just a massive spread of consumers. But the thing that I really love about this jacket is just the quality feel of it, the stretch. So it's got a really dynamic stretch in the waterproof membrane and the insulating layers. And it's just got loads of features so you can take the powder skirt off, you can take the hood off so you can wear the jacket about town, which actually brings in value. Now, is a higher price point, it comes in at £750. But, you know, you've got really nice inner wrist gaiters, you've got loads of pockets in there. It's available in a whole range of colours and you've got Gore-Tex membrane. So that has their guarantee to keep you dry. And it just makes sure that no matter what the weather throws at you, you're going to be protected when you're out in the mountains. And it just looks good. It feels comfortable. It's got a good amount of warmth. I think probably for most listeners, they're not going to necessarily associate Spider with a kind of older type of thing. It's just like a brand uh, to them with quite a, a, a cool logo. Uh, but from the sounds of it, you're saying to me, maybe they're repositioning a little bit here by positioning this type of uh, jacket. I, th I think it's more so that in the UK, often because they're insulated pieces, so it's people who are maybe just cruising around the piece, etc., then they've worked really well for for a certain generation of skier. But they, what people don't necessarily know about Spider is they've got this whole free ski scene going on, this whole youth and more freestyle orientated line, and the Vanquish just blends those brilliant. Cool, that's really interesting. Okay, what's uh, second on your list then, Al? So this is not an insulated piece. This is what we would call a shell. So this is from the North Face. North Face has a massive range, but they have a summit series. These are their top performing, most technical pieces. This is the Verbier jacket. They do men's version and a women's version. They also do the Verbier jacket in their own Futurelite membrane, which we, which we mentioned earlier. 
but this is the Gore-Tex one. So full-on weather protection, fully taped. It's £630, so it's quite a high price point. You would want to put something under that. When I've used this jacket, then I use it. They do a Casaval mid-layer, which is incredible. I think it's about £250. And that's a brilliant mid-layer to pair with this. But this shell just has big dump pockets on the chest at the front, so they're out of the way of your rucksack strap, because really, it's for going freeride skiing. It's got a really nice long cut. A really tall collar, which may not sound much, but when the weather's really blowing or the weather turns, it's fantastic to be able to kind of hunker down inside the collar of that jacket. Breathes really well, keeps all the weather out, and they do a, an amazing camo colorway in the women's jacket. And I just think it looks superb, never mind how incredibly it performs. You mentioned a few things there that, you know, because we've covered them earlier, you said it's fully taped, so we understand yep. what that means there. It's a three-layer shell, so we understand that as well. You need to use it with layers, and you mentioned the Casaval, like mid-layer, mid and then the free ride options. It makes sense what you're saying there about accessibility if you're yeah. in a backpack as well to be able to uh, to get to everything. So, okay, cool. That's good, right? Um, so, But still quite expensive, 629 particularly if you're buying a mid layer as well so yeah. what about somewhere near the uh the middle of the range let's say well on i mean just on that vb 629 for, for that jacket it's about 585 pounds if you go for the future light version but the, the the reason why i picked the gore one is that's full weather protection and if you're going into that kind of environment where you want full-on protection that's a really good choice yeah so so sitting quite a bit cheaper at 500 pounds is a ladies jacket from Schofel. it's called the miss arena this jacket honestly it just oozes quality it is not about full-on weather protection yes it's got a waterproof membrane in there but it has down insulation and it's responsibly sourced down and it has prima loft gold insulation with an recycled content in there you put this on, honestly, it just feels so expensive when you've got it on. The 500 price point doesn't kind of let you know how good this feels. It's very flattering, a really feminine cut on it. Very, very warm. Again, you can remove the powder skate, you can remove the hood. So 500 pounds might feel a little bit expensive, but if you've got a jacket you can use year round, it's pretty good value. Again, lovely little inner wrist gaiters. For me, it is one of the standout jackets this season. It's just a beautiful garment. Right. Well, we're, again, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Something you mentioned about that one there, you mentioned Primaloft, the insulation. And they're obviously, my understanding is then there's lots of different types of yeah. Primaloft insulation because this one here, you said it has a certain uh, proportion of recycled material making that up. So this one is, what did you say it's gold? There's Primloft Gold Eco, so it has a 45% recycled content in there, and they combine that with down. So if you add Primloft in there, which works much better if it does get wet, if it does get damp from moisture, say you're you're working really hard, it's a very warm day, then that Primloft ensures that it, you still get good insulation if the down is compromised. It's just one of the nicest jackets. You put it on and you just feel a million dollars. Honestly, it's really nice. <laughs> All right, so... Next on your list, we're moving down in price. So uh, what have you got next? Yeah, so we're dropping another £100 to around 400 This is the jacket that I hinted at before from Patagonia. It's called the Snowdrifter. They do lots of jackets with snow in the name, and it can be a little bit confusing. But this is a Snowdrifter. It uses their own waterproof membrane. It's completely PFC-free. It's 100% recycled polyester. So this is a mono-material jacket. 
often you will have polyester on the outside and you may have a nylon material on the inside. This is 100% polyester, makes it far easier to repurpose at the end of its life. You get things like, you know, you get the Reco Reflector, get loads of different pockets in there. It, they do a big pant that goes with it with a fantastic stretchy front, big pocket in there. And, and as a partnership with the jacket and pant together, work incredibly. I was skiing them quite a bit last winter. But the women's version in a cosmic gold colorway, there's an amazing tester that I was skiing with last season, and she was testing that outfit, and it just looks sensational. The colorway is brilliant. Their H2NO or H2NO, as people call it as well, waterproof membrane, performs really well. It brings it in at a much lower price point to getting a Gore-Tex version. Does exactly what you need on the mountain. But if you want a technical shell, if you want to be as environmentally friendly as possible, and you want something that's not going to bake the bank, the Snowdrifter at four hundred pounds, bang on. So therefore, to me, there is no surprise when you say you want to get something that's as environmentally friendly as possible. It's produced by Patagonia, who yeah. have this amazing reputation as a brand. To bring that into some of the uh, things we discussed before. So it's completely PFC free. Yeah. It's 100% recycled mono material. You yeah. mentioned uh, how it would be easier to repurpose at the end of its life. I mean, how would one go about recycling a yeah. ski bracket? This is, well, if anybody's listened to our ski episode when we talked about recycling skis, it's challenging because there's a lot, you know, th there's zips, there's zip pullers, there's, there's the actual zip slider itself. There's lots of bits in the garment. So separating that all down is more difficult, but brands are working on how we can do this. And one of the best ways is by making a material that's made from making a garment that's made from one material. So if by just using polyester, they're not having to separate out different plastics, is probably an easier term, different plastics to be able to use them. Now they don't say, so it's easier to recycle. They say it's easier to re purpose and there are other brands that talk about this so there's a the the, the next jacket i'm going to talk of is from a, a company called picture organic clothing and they talk about this as well you know at the end of life of a product because it is so hard to recycle you can repurpose it you can make other things out of the jacket yeah well then let's go on to that jacket then uh, you said it was a picture organic clothing what what have uh, you got from them yeah, this is yeah. the men's stone printed jacket. So again, this is bringing the price down slightly. This is £350. As with Patagonia, picture are using their own dry play membrane in this. This is a PFC-free DWR treatment on this jacket. They have various terms for their, their products, but... 100% circular, so they're talking about it being um, a recycled garment, and they're looking at the whole life of the product here. But picture are bordering on obsessed in being as environmentally friendly as possible it's brilliant they don't just do ski clothing they do lots of other sports the main thing for this jacket it's got a host of pockets you get this protective waterproof membrane it's fully taped it looks amazing it's got this fantastic kind of mountain and fir tree print around the top of it it looks okay online but in the flesh it looks sensational and then it's got a lining on the inside. It's not as heavily insulated as, say, the Vanquish or or, or the Miss Arena, but it's got a good amount of insulation, so you don't need to have a massive thick jacket underneath when it's really cold. And then in the spring, you're not overheating. It's just a brilliant jacket for year-round. And at £350, it's an excellent price. And interesting, similar to the uh, Patagonia uh, one then, no PFCs, recycled materials, but also they're using their own membrane. 
Now, is that related to the ability to make these things a bit cheaper? If you use Gore-Tex, do you have to, uh, you know, spend, uh, you yeah. know, pay them a lot to be we... able to use? The yeah, so there's a, it, it, absolutely. They they only work with certain companies, quite a lot of companies, but only certain companies, and they they have a guarantee to keep you dry. This means that they have really high standards internally that Gore-Tex sets, and they they only allow certain fabrics to be used in certain ways of manufacturing. You pay a license to be able to use it most brands will have their own membrane that they use. So in the in the Schofield Miss Arena, they use their Venturi membrane. On the Patagonia, they've got their H2NO or H2NO membrane. And on this picture one, it's a dry plate, but it really does help to bring the price point down. But when we talked about waterproof and breathable, there are ways to rate this. So don't think that these waterproof membranes made by the brands aren't as good as some of the others looking at the ratings on them which we're not going to go into because that's a massive subject area but i know that they perform on a par with some main brand membranes and they do way more than you need when you are skiing right okay i mean it's really interesting when we were talking about ski boots in the previous episode we talked about the new boa bindings and how they add to the cost of a boot and we're saying that you know potentially then for a brand to use gore-tex it's going to add a little bit to the cost because they've got to pay their licensing fees uh, etc yeah and just you mentioned then about a uh, picture and their very high standards Listener, if you're interested, I do actually have a special episode where I interviewed their sustainability director, I think it was, and I'll put a link into the show notes about that one as well. Cool. Okay, that's really interesting. There's one other question I asked. I mean, you mentioned a couple of times about, you know, the the colorways and, uh, you know, the camo style and this and that. And we said that, um, you know, when you're buying your ski boots, don't buy it because the color is going to fit your outfit. But in this stage where we talk about like the clothes that you're wearing, evidently the aesthetics of it, you know, are going to be, you know, important as well. You're not just going to necessarily buy something for the technical side of things. You want to know how it's going to look and uh, as well, right? Absolutely. I don't know of anybody. I've worked in retail for years before I do what I do. I'm quite old now. Um, and I never had anybody come in and go, oh, I want this. Te- I don't care what it looks like, but it must have this membrane. Nobody does that. <laughs> Everybody cares what it looks like, and it is really important for people. They they really do care about what their outfit looks like. Do their goggles match? And people do care whether their ski boots match. But the first thing with ski boots, that is a technical piece of footwear. It has to fit before it matches your outfit. Outfits are chosen on how they look and do they perform to do what we want. For sure. And then a lot of the jackets you've picked out, let's say those five, they'll be available in when you say talk about the colorways, more than one the color, right? More than one. Absolutely, yeah. All, all of them are available in more than one. But the men's stone printed is a specific design. So the picture one, that has a specific design on that jacket. But the other four, you can get them in various colors. And typically, you know, if we look at the Summit Verbier jacket, you can get it in men's and women's versions, for example. Same with the Snowdrifter. Well, that is uh, brilliant, Al. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge there. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to come towards the uh, close now. Just for a listener, I should remind you then, so we've, we've done one special already about skis, ski boots, this is jackets. And then to come over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about gloves, socks, helmets and goggles. Uh, as well and all of these uh, special episodes about equipment uh, have been made possible by Ellis Brigham 
They are the winter sports specialists. They've got 16 shops around the UK where you can find all the kit you need for this winter. Uh, you can have a look on their website at ellis-brigham.com. We can buy online now. I'm going to put links into the show notes for all of the jackets that were mentioned today. I enjoy feedback about the show. I'd like to hear what you think, uh, especially about all of these equipment uh, episodes. So do contact me on social at the ski podcast or by email at ski podcast at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, there are a couple of things you can do to help. Review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps other people find us. And you can subscribe so you never miss uh, an episode. You can follow me at Skipedia and the podcast at the Ski Podcast. For now, I'd like to thank Al for joining us and for sharing his amazing knowledge of everything in this uh, industry. I really appreciate it, Al. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, this one's been fun. Excellent. Uh, and otherwise, listener, thank you for joining us. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.